You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1321 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Thursday evening. In today's podcast, we'll be diving into the preseason opener. The Atlanta Hawks played a basketball game on Thursday afternoon in the U.S., Thursday evening. Across the pond in Abu Dhabi, we have full coverage of that. And thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, and on the video side on YouTube. And today's show really will dive into all parts of what became a 10-point win for the Hawks in the pseudo-home game over in Abu Dhabi. If you watch this broadcast, you will know this is supposed to be a Hawks home game in some respects, so that's uh, part of the deal here, despite being thousands of miles away. But as we always do on the podcast, we'll dive into all of the nuance that you were looking for from this show, the analysis from top to bottom, what transpired, some takeaways from this game, and a brief look ahead to the second game on the Hawks' preseason schedule across the pond on Saturday afternoon. So we'll dive in now, as we always do, but basically as a top-line thought, you know, it's it's a midday tip-off back here in America. I know a lot of people did not necessarily get to watch this game live on Thursday afternoon, but it was pretty entertaining, especially by preseason standards. The Hawks played their guys a lot, which I think is a lot of fun for Hawks fans to see everybody play a lot. In fact, I haven't done the math on this, but the Hawks probably played their starters as much as any team in the league did in their preseason opener. Um, obviously, the Bucks played their guys as well with uh, regards to everybody except for Chris Middleton, who was not available to play in this game for injury reasons. So uh, a lot of positivity on this one, and they played well on offense, etc. It was not the opener, crucially, for the Bucks. They played a home game before they actually went overseas. Um, before the game started, Nate McMillan estimated the pregame uh, basically like 24 to 30 minutes for their top seven or eight guys in the rotation. A couple guys actually ended up exceeding that. They were all kind of in that same range, and he was kind of repeatedly saying before and after the game that they wanted to kind of just play a game finally. And they, were, they practiced for so long, and they were ready to play a game. That was certainly a point of emphasis from Nate, and he definitely got that point across along the way by playing their guys heavily. As far as who was available for the Hawks in this game, no surprises. If you were listening to this podcast or following me on Twitter early on this week, I was the one that reported first that the Hawks basically were not going to have Jalen Johnson or Trent Forrest. Those guys did not travel, which Nate McMillan revealed to the media on Friday um, after their last practice. But I was kind of following up on that quite a bit over the weekend, and it was finally clear that the Hawks were not going to bring over either of them in the middle of the overseas trip. In addition, Nate told the media that Bogdanovich was not going to play in this game. Not a surprise there. He's not been practicing. Um, we'll see how close he actually is. You know, the Hawks now play their opener, by the way, in less than two weeks. So Bogey's the guy to circle in the near future. But for this game, the Hawks had everybody available other than those three guys. And uh, I will say this, the Hawks didn't play a lot of guys in this game. We'll come back to that later on, but that was uh, also important context. This is one of those funny things that I have to say because to kind of uh, keep my brand up. But the folks at Bell Online who uh, sponsored this podcast – uh, offered a line for this game in the preseason, and uh, if you enjoy that kind of thing, the Hawks were actually underdogs earlier in the day about, of about three and a half points or so. By the time this game started, the Hawks were favored by a point, and I'm not sure why that would be other than the fact that McMillan did say they were going to play their guys 24, 30, 24 to 30 minutes, which was reported. I, I wonder if they actually moved the line in some respects, but uh, obviously that was the right side. So if you are crazy enough to bet on preseason basketball, hopefully you uh, enjoyed this one and had the Hawks along the way. So Anyway, we'll dive into the game now, and you know a lot of takeaways from this one. But we'll kind of fly through as we always do. The Bucks started out with a huge lineup in this game. Giannis was playing the three for Milwaukee, and the Hawks had kind of 
put DeAndre Hunter on him because of the fact they were playing so big. When they went to a more conventional lineup, did Milwaukee, um, the Hawks finally did make a sell at that point in time. The Hawks actually had Capella on Giannis a few times in this game. Not a huge surprise there. That's happened before, but that's one of those matchups that's very, very strange. It doesn't really tell you all that much about how the Hawks are going to defend a quote-unquote normal team because Giannis is very difficult to defend, to defend for anyone, and that's especially the case for anyone on the Hawks roster. I thought it was notable that the first couple times down the floor, DeJounte Murray was initiating the offense for the Hawks. The Hawks did give up a couple of buckets early on, but then Trey immediately went right down, down the floor, um, sort of off the ball with Murray bringing it up. Dur- during the game, it got less and less than that. In fact, I think Trey had some of his worst offensive moments early in this game when he was playing off the ball, and then once he got back into his normal groove of being on the ball, the results were better. So I know the Hawks played very well on offense in this game overall, but if you were not watching this game and just kind of assumed that maybe they were playing Trey off the ball more, they, they were on some level, but as the Hawks got more comfortable, they were actually playing him off the ball less and less over the course of the game, which is something to keep an eye on as they try to work out the kinks between Trey and Murray at this stage. Also, I thought Murray was able to attack pretty effectively when Trey was coming off screens and drawing a lot of attention. And uh, notably, Murray got very aggressive in the correct way, by the way. He should be this aggressive when Trey leaves the floor, but he was very aggressive whenever Trey was off the court in this game. There was a pretty huge early dunk by John Collins over Brooke Lopez. That was a nice one uh, by all by all counts, all camera angles, etc. And a nice pass by DeJounte Murray along the way there. Collins had a low dunk later on. It looked very springy in this game. looked very healthy and good. Um, they also got Trey downhill in a half-court set to find Capella for a dunk early on that was uh, good to see across the board there was some sloppiness early on as you might expect not too bad for preseason game honestly Hunter had a moment early on when he drove into three guys for a turnover that was kind of rough Trey had a moment where he almost airballed a floater short at one point he was kind of a little bit struggly in the first quarter but not nothing to be concerned about whatsoever on either front there Really felt the difference, though. I will say this. In in the middle of a very positive performance from the Hawks, which I will definitely want to emphasize, the Hawks played very well in this game. I thought it was notable, and uh, you kind of just feel it, that the Hawks have a lot less shooting than they had before. And this has been a topic I've talked about for a while, so this is not a new thing. But especially without Bogdanovich in the lineup, uh, the Hawks don't have a lot of spacing on the floor at all times. Now, it didn't matter in this game. They were able to get to the rim. Maybe that's the X factor that will kind of counteract all of the shooting questions. But without Bogey, there was not a whole, not, not a ton of uh, dynamic shooting on the floor other than Trey. Um, anyway, kind of just a reminder at some, on some level. Uh, rotationally, as I sort of teased earlier, the Hawks played their guys a lot. So the first unit played a long time together by Exhibition standards, they played like six-plus minutes together to start the game. Nate has stressed he wants those guys to play together a lot in the preseason, and they definitely have been in this game. It was Justin Holiday as the first sub, playing Hunter at the four with Jalen Johnson out. Crucially, that's a couple of things here. So I'm going to say this one broad thing, and then we'll sort of dive in. The Hawks played basically what you would expect them to play with the available talent. Um, if you told me exactly who's going to be available to play in this game and said, Brad, okay, the Hawks are going to use a regular season rotation and try to win this game. I would tell you they were going to play eight, eight or nine guys, and it was going to be the eight or nine guys they played in this game. So the first three guys that you would assume were going to play, at least I was, were Justin Holiday and Okongwu, or the two locks, and then they went with Aaron Holiday as the first backup guard. That's what I would, I would have expected that as well. And then the ninth guy was Frank Kaminsky, who they played with Okongwu a little bit. He played the least. It was kind of an eight-and-a-half-man rotation in some level because he was kind of the extra, uh, didn't probably have to use him guy, but he got some, got some minutes that uh, basically would have gone to Jalen Johnson, according to, according to Nate after the game. But basically the top nine guys were all veterans. You saw a lot of that competency, not a whole lot of shakiness in terms of execution and effort and all that stuff. Uh, just a lot of professionalism, I would say, on the floor overall. Trey played the first quarter in its entirety, and also played the third quarter in its entirety. A very strange thing. You don't see guys play full quarters in the preseason a lot, and Trey did it 
did it twice today, which is just a little bit of a wrinkle there. But overall, offensively, the Hawks were very, very good out of the gate. They didn't shoot well from three in this game. They were 10 of 17 from two in the first quarter. Bunch, bunch of easy buckets along the way and only had two turnovers in, while creating five. Uh, both teams were shooting the ball very well for the most part in this game. Milwaukee did finally cool off later on, which, which we'll talk about. But a lot of offense in this one. Uh, elsewhere, before um, the halftime break, they went to Murray, as you might expect, alongside Aaron Holiday to begin the second quarter. Um, that's a lineup that I'm not sure they're going to use a ton of, but with Bogey out, it makes sense to go to Aaron in that spot after Trey played so much. As I mentioned before, Murray played a lot more aggressive offensively in terms of his scoring acumen without Trey on the floor, which is what he should do, by the way, once again. He got into the into the uh, middle of the defense kind of at will. A lot of pull-up jumpers, but certainly some efficient, look good looks for him. I don't always love mid-rangers, but he's a very good mid-range shooter in a lot of ways. Uh, Aaron Holiday started off very well. I made his first five shots. Uh, had nine points in this game in the first 10 minutes. Um, the Hawks at one point scored eight, on eight of nine possessions in the middle of the second quarter, and it was a lot of Murray initiating things. Atlanta was shooting 61% from the floor at that point. And they were only up by four points, though, because Milwaukee had 10 threes in the first 20 minutes of the game. A little bit of a weird one there. Pretty wild stuff to see all that shot making this early in the post. Uh, sorry, in the preseason, um, not not sustainable probably on either side. But alas, um, a nice putback dunk by DeAndre Hunter that was worth noting. He actually had five rebounds in his first 12 minutes. That's a nice thing to see after his struggles last year on the glass. Um, it wouldn't take too much from that honestly, but it was a good sign to have him crashing like that with some vigor at, on the offensive glass. And overall, the first half, again, like, like I said, was pretty much exactly what you would expect in terms of the rotation they used. Eight and a half, nine guys, um, the key guys playing kind of their normal workloads in some ways. The Hawks were 22 of 31 from two in the first half. Scored 71 points, four turnovers. They had 24 free throw attempts in the first half. Now, that, that cooled off later on, but that was a huge figure that you definitely love to see if you were the Hawks. They didn't shoot well from three at all, and it didn't matter, which is uh, usually a nice thing to sort of counteract there. Defensively, it wasn't great. Milwaukee had 11 threes, but they, they did force 10 turnovers, which is basically what the Hawks forced per game last year. Um, and then, by the way, in the first half, Trey and DeJounte combined for 35 points and 16 free throw attempts. That will work, as they say. So, before we get to the second half stuff, as we always do here, and then we'll come back with some individual breakdowns, some takeaways, etc. A word from our sponsors on the podcast today. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you're looking for a daily fantasy option this year, you need to check out the award-winning app at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and you will too. It's very easy to use. I can test that because I've actually been playing on Prize Picks for a while now in various sports, and I'm really enjoying the daily grind of going through the numbers and really having fun picking uh, sort of the more than or less than portion of their offerings. All you have to do is pick two to five players and weigh in whether they'll actually have more or less than a certain number of points or rebounds or assists, any other stats that you might look for across the sports world. What up to 10 times on any entry, and that's very, very nice, of course. You aren't competing with other people. In fact, you're just going against the available projections. The Prospects offers numbers on any sport you can think of. That includes the NBA, college basketball, WNBA, NFL, college football, MLB, NHL, PGA, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, cricket, and much more. An, an entire entry can be done in just a minute or less. That's very easy and definitely useful if you are looking to limit your time. Um, Prize Picks also has safe and fast withdrawals, and they're operating in more than 30 states plus Canada at this point. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can have a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100 back. If you deposit $50, Prospects will give you $50. It's that simple. 100% instant deposit match. Do not forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100. Check it out now at Prize Picks. 
All right, the second half was certainly eventful in itself. Uh, not quite the offensive um, eruption on both sides that the first half was, but still some pretty entertaining basketball by exhibition standards. Uh, Collins had a quick trigger three early in the third quarter with no hesitation. You love to see that. He was asked about the about the finger injury during the game. Uh, sorry, after the game, I was asked during the, I was asked during the game. It was a good data point to have him sort of fire away like that. He kind of downplayed anything. I know people definitely want to talk about that all the time. He is not talking about it. He is definitely just kind of saying he's totally fine. We'll see. But he looked good in this game on the whole. He had 11 points in the second half. Just a lot of confidence, a lot of explosiveness. He, he played very well. I thought a couple of good rim attacks from DeAndre Hunter in the third quarter, which is good to see. Uh, Capella was the first guy to come out of the game in the four, in the third quarter. I'm not sure because of foul trouble or not. But that's kind of funny. He was just okay. We'll come back to that later on. Um, they definitely scored at a high level, though. They had 89 points in the first 30 minutes. They got some stops and then finally went on a big run. Their biggest run of the game was a 10-2 spurt in the third quarter to go up by 14 points. They never trailed again after that, even though Milwaukee kind of came back a little bit at times in the third quarter. Uh, Murray was the first guy that I thought might be done for the day in the third quarter, but he came back in, which was uh, kind of a false flag by Nate. Um, Trey played almost 31 minutes in three quarters. That's pretty wild. Um, played the entire quarter in the first and the third, as I said before. But the Hawks had 101 points in the first three quarters with a regular rotation. Uh, 58% from the floor, and uh, yeah, they were kind of doing whatever they wanted to do on offense in this one. In the fourth quarter, there wasn't a ton to focus on. Trey was done after that, but they brought Murray Collins and Capella back in. Murray had it going again, by the way, to open up, open up the fourth quarter. He probably would have had a triple-double in this game if they were actually trying to win it and push to the very end. Um, the first guy to come in after the top nine was Tyrese Martin, the veteran rookie, as I say. You know, he is a rookie, but he's older than a lot of guys on the roster at this point. He had a nice pass, actually, to Aaron Holiday that Aaron kind of uh, bricked the layup on, but it, was, it, was, it should have been an assist for Tyrese Martin. Um, only played 10 guys, though, for the first 47 minutes of this game. The Bucks went deep into their bench in the fourth before the Hawks finally did it. Um, they did have guys at the table for a while. Um, I think with like three and a half minutes to go, the Hawks were going to pull everybody. Um, but then there was no stoppages for quite some time. But A.J. Griffin, Chris Silva, and Tyson Etienne came in for the final 61 seconds of the game. It was Griffin's pro debut after missing Summer League, so good to see that. I find it a little bit silly he didn't play more than that. I understand uh, he has not been having a ton of practice time at this point, which is probably the counter-argument there. Uh, but it was it's definitely very rare to see a team basically play a regular rotation for 47 minutes. Like You could, you could probably throw in Tyree Smart as the 10th guy and get away with that. Um, just a little bit strange, but McMillan definitely talks about pushing things in all the way around. Other than that, in the fourth quarter, the only other big note that I had was that Okongwu hit took a three. That was good to see. Kind of a uh, no-hesitation three. He missed it, but uh, he was playing with Kaminsky at that point in time, and that was uh, at least a notable development in that fourth quarter. Nothing else to really see for the most part. I do want to play some audio for you now from Nate McMillan before I give you my, my full takeaways and some, and some stats and stuff. Um, Lauren Williams of the AJC asked Nate kind of what he thought about their performance overall. He gave a pretty detailed answer by his standards, a pretty extensive answer, so I want to play that for you now. Here's Nate after the game on the performance. Uh, we just got to do a better job of uh, stopping the ball, keeping the ball in front of us. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, we've been working on our no-paint drill, and I thought tonight uh, Giannis did a good job of splitting our defense. Uh, we weren't tight enough in our gaps and allowed him to play in the paint. Uh, so we have to do a better job of, uh, you know, keeping our body in front of the basketball. That's all of us. Uh, I think that will come. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get better at that. The other thing is rebounding in the basketball. Because we had breakdowns on the perimeter, uh, they were shooting uh, shots and uh, those long rebounds. They had 17 offensive boards. Uh, we can't give up that many offensive boards. Uh, Ten of those boards came from their guards. So our guards, uh, they know uh, that we they have to be better this season 
helping our bigs rebound the basketball. Uh, but I like the fact that we were still able to get out and establish a tempo, uh, you know, getting the ball up and down the floor offensively. I thought we had some pretty good ball movement. Uh, we didn't shoot the three well, but we did a good job of getting, getting to the free throw line and taking care of the basketball. You know, only eight turnovers uh, tonight for us. Uh, we had 28 free throws. So that tells me that we were pretty aggressive tonight attacking the basket. So as you hear there, he's talking about needing to stop the ball in penetration. That's definitely something I noticed as well. They were not great at the point of attack defensively. Also, kind of rebounding on long misses. The Hawks can only do so much. And rebounding is always kind of put on the big guys, but it's not always that. And they kind of pointed out the long misses and the guard issues there on the on the glass in this game. He did, some, he did talk about some positives, as you heard there, about getting some tempo going. They played pretty fast, which I like to see in this spot. I also like the ball movement. I agree with that. Some good, uh, lively passing in this one offensively. They, they were just good overall. They were crisp. They were playing fast. They were playing decisively. There's 55% from the floor in this game. They were better than that for most of the game, even the competitive portion. They didn't shoot well from three uh, at seven of 22, but you kind of feel the lack of shooting without bogey. But other than that, like pretty good looks all the entire game. Eight turnovers is a good number. Obviously, it got to the line at a high level in the first half for sure. A lot of positives there. Defensively, they weren't like fantastic, but uh, I will attribute this to Glenn, to Glenn Willis, my friend and partner from Peachtree Hoops. Uh, Glenn said, and uh, basically kind of something like this, like the Hawks are just like playing like a veteran basketball team already. Now, part of that is that they're playing, about, they're playing a lot of veterans. Like they, they didn't play any of the rookies until late in this game. And even the guys who were coming back, like there was no jailer in this game either. So everybody that was on the floor was at least a third-year player. And Okongwu is like, plays like a veteran defensively. So they were very um, in sync. Like there was a lot of adults on the floor. You know, the Holiday Brothers are not flashy, but they're both very solid NBA players, um, solid defenders. They'll execute for you. And that definitely came off the page for me and watching the game uh, here. Uh, Milwaukee did play their guys a little bit less than the Hawks did, but they still played everybody except for Middleton and didn't just light it up the entire game. The Hawks had 16 turnovers forced in this game. That's a good number for a team that was pretty passive there. I thought they were pretty actively looking for uh, havoc plays in the way they don't always really do under McMillan, but having Murray really helps in that regard. Same with the Holidays. And they held the Bucks to 35% shooting in the second half. That's pretty encouraging as well. And they did say that they're in uh, quote-unquote decent shape conditioning-wise, but they wanted to be playing a game at this point, as I said before, and they're not close to where they want to be in terms of conditioning. I'm assuming that's part of why he played guys a lot. He did say, by the way, crucially, that he, did, he does expect to have the starters play a little bit less on Saturday and maybe have the young guys who didn't play much or at all in this game play some on Saturday. So, uh, at least the way that he talked about it after the game, I'm expecting there to be a little bit more of a preseason feel to Saturday game against the Bucks. It's a rematch. We'll see. But uh, And I think everybody's going to play. As far as I know, nobody's going to rest for the Hawks. But I'll be surprised by the way that Nate was talking if guys like Trey and Murray are playing 30-plus minutes again in this in this uh, second game. I think you'll probably see some more, some more of Griffin, maybe some more of Martin, maybe get a little bit deeper into the bench overall. So we'll see how that looks. But that's sort of a, just, a, just a fair warning for Saturday's game. Um, other than that, that's kind of my takeaways on the team side. The Hawks played very well offensively in this game in particular, and then defensively in the second half, they were pretty stingy and uh, getting in the line, winning the, winning the free throw battle, winning the turnover battle. Uh, those are always really good sort of foundational things. The only thing the Hawks didn't do in this game was, was offensive rebound, but when you make every shot in the first half, it's kind of uh, the price you pay there. So a pretty good performance on the whole from the Hawks. Can't really be complaining about that too much. We'll have some individual takeaways in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show today. 
All right, on the podcast, if you are a new listener, I will tell you this now. We usually fly through every single player and their contributions. Uh, That'll be a little bit less probably in this spot than we normally would. I will uh, cruise past the trio of Etienne, Griffin, and Silva, who only played a minute in this game. Um, Tyrese Martin had some nice moments, had three rebounds and an assist in his nine minutes off the bench. Um, Frank Kaminsky was the only guy on the roster that I would say did not play well in this game. I don't want to pile on. I said this at the, at the Open Practice podcast the other day. I thought he was the only guy that kind of looked a little bit creaky. He did not look like he was moving very well. He looked kind of out of place and bad in this game. Uh, I'm not going to pile on. Like Again, it's it's still very early, and I will remind everyone again, he played very little last year. He was uh, hurt for months and months and months, had a major surgery. So it's not like hugely surprising that he might be a little bit behind the eight ball, but Kaminsky did not look good in this game. And that's a reminder that the Hawks don't have a lot of depth there. You know, Obviously, it'll be Jalen Johnson. David Millen basically said that after the game, that it was Kaminsky in the Jalen Johnson, not necessarily the role, but some of the minutes there. Um, and, I, and I think that you'll see Jalen ahead of Kaminsky, if I had to guess. And uh, if there's one guy, again, that did not play particularly well on Thursday, it was Kaminsky. Elsewhere, I thought Aaron Holiday was very good off the bench. He had 16 points on 12 shots. I don't really care about the points that, that much anyway, but he's pretty confident with the way he was attacking. That's good to see. Defensively, he was at least playing some stingy basketball. He is very small, but it's uh, a guy that I've liked that signing the entire way. I think it was a really good value move to get him. And uh, in the effort, in an effort, if they were to miss Bogey like they were in this game, I think you'll see Aaron Holiday. If Bogey's around, I don't know how much Aaron's going to play. He'll probably play a little bit, but he is the guy that I kind of expect Nate to trust the most of the options without Bogey, and uh, that was the case in this game. I thought Conwood played pretty well. 11 points. He did have five fouls um, and seven rebounds. He played pretty well overall. A little bit, a little bit sluggish in the first half, but once he found it, he found it. He was pretty good. Justin Holiday played 32 minutes in the preseason game. Just a kind of a funny situation there. But I would say this all offseason as well. Like, they need him. That's a guy who's going to play real minutes for them this year, whether Bogey's out there or not. And especially without Bogey, they kind of really, really, really need him. Um, but we saw that here. He's just a, he's just a pro, and that's uh, it's not sexy at all, but he'll, he'll execute for you, make some nice plays in this one. To the starters real quickly here, uh, DeAndre Hunter had some nice moments. He had 17 points and 7 rebounds. Uh, the rebounding is a pretty encouraging figure there. A couple of unforced um, unforced errors, more like a little bit more uh, over-aggressiveness at times, but once he kind of fit into the flow of things offensively, it worked out pretty well. I think defensively he did his job in this one. Uh, kind of a tough match against the honest at times, but I thought he played pretty well. Um, John Collins, 16 points in 24 minutes. He was 7-10 from the floor, 1-1 one one from 3. Got to the line uh, once, had 3 rebounds, um, plus 15, game best. I thought he played very well, looked very spry, very springy, very energetic, uh, typical quality John Collins performance. Uh, Capella was pretty quiet in 19 minutes. Did have the four fouls, which probably limited him a little bit. Had five points, four rebounds. He wasn't fantastic. I think he looked a little bit better against the uh, sort of physically in the open practice game. But as uh, I think it was Kevin Sharp pointing this out on Twitter, um, Capella having to guard Giannis is kind of a tough spot for him in some ways. He did. He actually took two two charges from Giannis in this one, but it kind of negates a little bit of his help instincts because he's having to play one on one against Giannis. I thought he looked fine though, and uh, no concerns for me. And then Trey and DeJounte both played very well. You know, Trey had a, had the slow start, but once he got back on the ball a little bit more, he was certainly engaged. He was 8 of 15 on twos. That's totally fine. It was 0 of 4 on threes, but nothing really worried about there. Three assists is a pretty low number for him, but I'm not concerned about that really at all. And 22 points. Uh, Murray was awesome. 25, 9, and 8 for DeJounte. 9 for 2 from the floor and uh, 9 of 11 from 2. Got to the, got to the line 8 times. Uh, very energetic. Very plugged in. Uh... I've heard nothing but positive things about Murray from the people around the team at this point in time. So uh, an exciting performance. Like it's very, 
uh, obvious in some ways, but the fact that you can just kind of throw the ball to DeJounte Murray and have him run your offense when Trey Young's off the floor is something we've been talking about a lot, but it's sometimes like gets pushed to the background because there's that talk about how they play together. But being able to go to a all-star last year guard and have him run your Trey Young style offense as a backup is uh, a huge luxury. And the Hawks now have that very, very useful piece of information there. So um, if you know me, you will not be surprised by this. I don't want to make too much of really anything that happened in this game, but the Hawks did play very well. It's the exhibition opener. Uh, it's one data point. We'll see how they look on Saturday. And uh, in general, I, I don't put too much stock on the preseason, but certainly a positive day in Abu Dhabi. And uh, Nate seemed pretty happy with what he saw for the most part. The coaches are never overjoyed necessarily, but I think he looked like he was pretty satisfied with the effort. Um, as a reminder, the rematch is on Saturday with a noon Eastern start time. Not an ideal start time against college football in the Southeast with uh, sort of fan stuff. I'll be dialed in, but I know a lot of people will, will be watching football probably live in that spot. But we'll have a new podcast. I won't always do weekend shows, but uh, in the aftermath of that one, I will have a weekend podcast back in my normal studio. So if you're watching on video, you will have that video product back on Saturday. Um, that's all I got for today. Again, a generally positive performance. Nice to have Jonathan Murray on your basketball team. Uh, Trey looked good. No injuries. Lots of positivity. And uh, basically everybody played well except for Kaminsky. So you can't really complain about too much after this game on Thursday. Maybe a little bit more A.J. Griffin on Saturday. Hold your breath for that if you are a Hawks fan. All right. Please subscribe to this podcast across platforms. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Please leave five-star ratings and reviews. Follow us on Twitter at LotsOnHawks. Follow me on Twitter at BTRolling if you would like to. And if nothing else, we will see you after the game on Saturday.